Welcome to Why Is with I and Nate. We're back in the green room. It's time to talk about movies that are related to the MCU. I see it, yes. Isn't that terrible? Look at that. Yeah. All right. Where I wear my shirt, it's right there. I see, yeah, because of the tan lines. So, uh, what did you, what did you, Danny, what did you watch this week? Oh, we're going to keep a tan line discussion in the episode? All right. Yeah, anyway. So, check out my tan lines. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. So, well... I'll tell you about the green room this week, but first I gotta tell you what I'm not talking about the green room this week. It's very important. So a certain movie came out last week called, um, not Peter, I'm not actually talking about Peter Rabbit 2 for once, uh, called In the Heights. Saying that you're not gonna talk about Peter Rabbit is talking about Peter Rabbit. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I wanted to talk about In the Heights this week. Unfortunately, I decided to appear on another podcast to talk about In the Heights in a few weeks. So as such, I have my thoughts on In the Heights are embargoed. That said, I will say one thing. I saw it in a sold-out crowd of 250 people at the Music Box, where it had one of those things. You know how when you saw um, Quiet Place, it had that little intro. It's like, thank you for coming to the movies. Yeah. So In the Heights had that, and at the Music Box, the audience cheered <laughs> at it. Well, Lin, it was Lynn, John Lin M. Chu, who's the director, and then also yeah. the playwright, whose name I forget. And actually, it was the playwright who said, we're so excited to see that you came out to watch our movie in the theaters the way it should be. And that's what got everyone to applaud. And yeah. what made me laugh is, I don't know if I sent it to you, I forget, but it actually made the Chicago Tribune. Yeah, uh, yeah, you said Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I made the yeah, Chicago the Tribune, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, my audience is very into it. Lots of cheers. Lots of laughter and spoiler. Okay, so I'm embargoed to actually talk about it because I talked about it for 30 minutes on Saturday for a different podcast. But I did put Letterbox reviews, so that part's not embargoed. I gave it a 5 out of 5. It's great. Everyone should see it. Unfortunately, I can't talk about it today, though. Instead, I'm talking about... Um, so I was going <laughs> to... Let me explain how I got to this movie first. So I asked Tyler if I should put up a poll on if I should see Cruella or Peter Rabbit 2. However, then I realized something is that now, fun story is that I'm gonna tell a story first about something else before again I get to my green room movie, is that I miss Transformers Four in theaters, and the reason this is important is, is the only reason I saw Transformers One, I mean Transformers Two and Transformers Three in theaters because I was like, well, I saw the first one, so I gotta watch this one, and then when I saw the third one, I was like, I hated the second one, but I saw the first and the second one, so I gotta go see this one. And then the fourth one came out, and I, I wanted to see it in theaters because I seen the first three, right? But then yeah. I never got around to it, so I was like, "Oh, I'm free. I don't need to watch Transformers Five. But then I saw Transformers Five, and it's like, "Ah, oh, man, now I gotta watch Bumblebee because I saw Transformers Five <laughs> oh and Four because I had watched Four before I had seen Five. So that's basically how it works. It's like if I get trapped into something, I gotta see it. And the reason I bring this up is because my whole life since I believe Monsters vs. Aliens, I think the one, last one I missed in theaters was Kung Fu Panda Two. No, Kung Fu Panda 1. I saw Kung Fu Panda 2 theaters. I try to see every DreamWorks animation movie in theaters. Because I actually really like animation, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... I think DreamWorks is really interesting. Because it's kind of like Sonic. You never know what you're going to get. You could get, like, a bona fide classic for them. You could get 
really, really bad. Or you can get the boss baby, which I think is obnoxious core at Spinus. Um, now, the funny thing is, is kind of like with, um, kind of like with Transformers, is I was freed recently because Trolls World Tour came out during the pandemic. So I could yeah. not go see it in the theater. Um, so I was freed. I was freed. Unfortunately, I did see the Croods 2 in theaters. Which means I was stuck realizing that, you know, next week I'm going to see a couple movies that I'll talk about next week that are a bit high profile. And the week after, I don't think Spirit Untamed will be out anymore. So I was like, I guess I gotta go see Spirit Untamed. Now, what are my thoughts on Spirit Untamed? Uh, my main thought on it is I'm surprised Hold on, Drew... hold on. I want what? to, uh... You want to ask me a question about to... Spirit Untamed? I w- well, I'm going to read read to the listeners our text that we had. Oh, because okay. I literally I laughed so hard at this, <laughs> um, but because it caught it caught me off guard. Okay, so um, uh, in our MCU news um, this week, I mentioned our Josh Thanos Funko Pop um, story. So make sure you go back and listen to the MCU news so you can catch up on that story. So I was having this conversation with Danny. This already kind of funny. Uh, it's already kind of funny conversation with Danny about Josh Thanos Funko Pops. Um, and then, so he said, I was making dinner at this time. And so I get the text from Danny and it says, LMAO, that's funny. Anyway, and that was three separate texts that he said, I'm at Spirit Untamed, a single guy in his 20s with a bunch of families with young kids. This might not have been the, my best choice for feeling awkward at the movies. And I, I just, I was not expecting that to like, he, to read that when I got the text from Danny. So, so, so here's the thing. Actually, so I show up at the theater at 6.56, my movie's at 7. And I said, you know what, I should see who's in the theater before I walk in. Because when I bought my ticket, I was the only person. I was like, good, okay, I'll take a nice spot in the middle. I'll enjoy Spirit Untamed in the best location <laughs> here. And then I immediately saw that a family of five sat right behind me. I was like, okay, cancel the ticket reservation, rebuy it, and sit at the very back of the theater. So no one, I don't have to interact with anyone. But you know what? Another family sits four seats away from me. And then two, two a mom and it's her daughter, or a babysitter and a kid, sit right in front of me. Too. I'm like, this is so, I feel so awkward. Why am I watching this? Why am I doing this now? Like, it's keeping my streak. But anyway, so my first take on Spirit Untamed is I'm surprised DreamWorks put their name on it. Because when I think DreamWorks, um, well, here's the thing. I don't necessarily think a quality movie. Like, DreamWorks, again, you don't know what you're going to get. But what you are going to get is something with at least, like, a moderate level of production quality. Like, in the animation, right? Like, it's not going to look like garbage. Yeah. Have you seen any clips of this movie? If not, I highly recommend Tyler. You load up the trailer now, put it on mute while I'm talking, and just look at the animation. Because <laughs> it, um... um, I well, I imagine that it is very similar to their Netflix. Yes, and that's what the uh, shock series. I would yeah. assume that if they're putting it in theaters, they're going to try to make it look a little better. You know, give give a little motivation to get there. But no, it literally it looks like a, I I said this looks like a PS3 game. It looks like um, it's very shocking to see DreamWorks be like, yeah, we're putting... Like, they don't even put, like, a subsidiary on it. Like, it's not like like DW Tunes or something. You know what I mean? It's not like a separate studio that's cheaper. This is, is literally... Animation. This is literally the opening scene for the Netflix show. When oh. I... When I... 
yeah, when I worked at the uh, uh, when I was at AmeriCorps, and when I was an AmeriCorps member at a uh, grade school, they watched this show, and this literally looks like the same thing. Anyways, you were saying... yeah, but it's like it's so cheap. But here's the other thing that shocked me, like legitimately shocked me, is the sound mixing is terrible. Now, here's here's my disclaimer. Very possible my feeder was bad, but here's the reason why I don't think the feeder was bad. I got trailers in front of the movie. I got a trailer for the Paw Patrol movie, which is happening for some reason. Uh, I got a trailer for Space Jam 2, and I got a trailer for The Boss Baby. I could hear all these trailers fine. The movie starts. It's so quiet. This movie, I can barely hear the dialogue. When it's supposed to be big, booming score, it's like, I can't. I can barely hear it. And I'm just like, what? What's going on with this movie? And it has to be the movie because the trailer sounded fine, right? Like, yeah. I had no issues hearing the trailers. This movie is so quiet, and I'm so confused. I'm like, what? Who, who, who sat in the theater? I'm granted COVID, but they do have screening rooms at DreamWorks, right? Like, they will hear these movies. Like, they do test these movies in theaters still. Who's heard this movie? Like, yo, sounds fun. Send it out. Like, what? Like, I could barely hear it. Um. And again, all the trailers were fine, so I don't think it was a theater issue. All the trailers were fine. The movie itself was quiet. The other thing is, my other takeaway from it was, is like, why do these, like, why does a movie like Spirit Untamed, which is clearly low budget, clearly is not going to do super great. Like, it's, it's a very, like, people don't really make anime movies just for boys or just for girls, right? But Spirit Untamed, I've got to be very blunt, is designed primarily for girls. And that's gender norms and stuff. You can yell at me for that, but also it's like, Sorry, well, it's, it's a horse girl movie. It is a horse girl movie. You, you are literally, it's like... It's a demographic. It's not, it's not you putting that label on it. It's you, ex- it, like, you are seeing the marketing as for yes. what it is. It, it's know? marketed yeah. like a Barbie movie. Like, exactly, yeah. Um. But, so, okay, the mo- animation's clearly low budget. It's not... It's, it, it's a low budget movie. It, it, it just... I want to read the cast out for you, okay? Can okay. I just read the cast for you? Alright, so the leads are... The lead kids are Isabel Merced, who was Dora in the live-action Dora movie. Uh, Marcy Martin, who is the girl on Blackish, and also uh, in that movie Little I talked about a few weeks ago. Um, and then McKenna Grace, who was the young Captain Marvel in Captain Marvel, and the lead of Annabelle Comes Home. So celebrity kid actors, right? Not voice mm-hmm. actors. Here's the not. Here's the adult actors. The bad guys played by Walton Goggins, who I had no idea this. was in this movie until the credits roll. <laughs> Andre That's Brower funny. is Marseille Martin's dad. Now, I want you, without looking at the cast, unless you looked at the trailer, I want you to guess who the two A-list stars are in it with the whiffed and and credit. Now, here are my hints. Uh huh. One of them has appeared in the MCU. The other one is in Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> That's the other um, One's a man, one's a woman. I'm not going to know the Dear Evan Hansen. We talked about but... it. That's why I bring it up. We talked about two so... women in Dear Evan Hansen when we talked about it. It's Julianne Moore. Um, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know who Julianne Moore is. Now, I okay. want you to guess the and MCU. It's the... an MCU villain. MCU not Walton Goggins. Villain, I said Walton and, it's, Goggins. and it's a male. Yeah. So um, it's not Kate Blanchett. It's not it's really well, yeah, because it's not Kate Blanchett. You said well, it's no, a male. Well, no, you're like, so it's, so it's a, a male. I'm like, okay, so that rules out Kate Blanchett and no one else. Because <laughs> there's no more <laughs> female villains. <laughs> True. Yet. Um, 
Oh, I guess Catherine Hahn could have been the, right. So, but yeah, it's the not. A- the actor who, uh, Jude it's Law. Jake Gyllenhaal's in this movie. Somehow, Jake they got Jake. What is Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal doing? Get- yeah, what? Well, like, uh. well, it's a Julianne Moore too. It's like these are two highly acclaimed actors. I I want to look up their animation cards because you know every actor nowadays does an animated movie like for some some cash. And the idea that I I don't think I remember either of them being in an animated movie. That's the thing is like, why are these like you know like why why have all animated movies to be like pop your cherry? Are you doing Spirit Untamed? Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal has not been in another animated movie other than like an indie drama that was a uh, documentary that was animated. Same with Juliet Moore. Like, why is this the movie they choose to be like? Finally, I'm gonna do be a celebrity voice actor for animation. And it's just like. Who, who, who's going to go see Spirit Untamed for Julianne Moore and Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Like, why, why is DreamWorks spending the money here on this? Like, where in their, their, their studio with the company is like, we got to get Julianne Moore and Jake Gyllenhaal in our spirit direct-to-video looking movie so they know it's for theaters. And that's the thing, too. That's my favorite thing is, I see a trailer for this, and I'm like, man, this movie's getting theatrical distribution widely, and Luca isn't. I... I saw uh, Raya in the last Last Dragon recently, and I'm like, why did this get released and not Luca? Or like, Soul. Or Soul. Yeah, like, or, Soul. I mean? like, or Soul. Or Soul, yeah. I, I don't know what your thought on Raya was, but you can remember mine. I was very disappointed with it. I thought it was, like, very whatever, personally. Well, I... Better it's, than Spirit it's, Untamed. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's more of, like, if... If you're not going to release it, and given the situation at that time of of its release, um, with the with the shutdown with the pandemic, then like if you're not going to release it, you know, and you're just putting it to um, uh, premiere, you know, premiere access for so long, then why can't Luca also have premiere exactly. access to make? And you know, Raya money, actually you know? ultimately did very well in theaters. It had a six times multiplier, as we say. Well, I, and I think I think a lot weekend. of that was the was the pandemic competition. boost. It was Lack the pandemic also, boost. Yeah, like, there's literally been nothing out for kids until *Spirit Untamed* and *Cruel*. Exactly. Yeah, I don't even view *Cruel* as a kids movie too. It's a movie for nostalgic adults. Um, yep. Um, but anyway, close did it better. What else should I say about *Spirit Untamed*? Do I have anything to say? I don't know. Like. Ignoring all this stuff about the bizarrely stacked voice cast and the terrible animation and the amateur sound mixing, it's just like, I hate to be like, this movie is made for children and it's bad. Like, Was the voice acting engaging? Well, Jake Gyllenhaal sings at the end of it, which is kind of exciting. Julianne <laughs> Moore, the entire time, I was just like, again, something where I'm like, why are you in this? Like, just, at least Jake Gyllenhaal, I was kind of like, oh, okay, like, He's he's clearly just having fun, like doing goofy Jake Gyllenhaal stuff in a recording booth. That that probably makes sense for him. But Julianne Moore, you have an Oscar. Like, why? Like, why are you here? <laughs> Besides the yeah. paycheck, like that that's really it. It's like I'm sure they got paid well. But it's the behind like, behind the scenes, it's just Julianne Moore saying. You're probably what wa- this also, is me. You're probably wondering how I got here. It's also just like. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal and Julianne Moore. Who thinks of that combo, right? Like, it's not like they're really both. Like, I consider Jake Gyllenhaal a list, and Julianne Moore is a list among a. She's. 
I'd call her A-list, but in the sense that she is an Oscar winner who continues can 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 go into the indie sphere and get an indie project like bankrolled on her name, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal can do that too, but Jake Gyllenhaal can also show up in mainstream movies and sell them. Um, but again, like, why are they in this? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm so confused. Um, and so the movie itself. Okay, again, going back to what I was saying, like can't critique it too much because unlike other movies like soul or luca where i'm like this is a pixar movie so i expect it to be quality or even like a movie like the crudes too where like i expect there to be jokes designed in it that will appeal to adults even though the film is primarily for children mm-hmm. here's actually you know what the point is it's more like spirit untamed is aiming for really young children yeah it's not aiming for like as i said crudes or even the boss baby that's aiming for <clears throat> those are aiming for what i call children of all ages right they're not really aiming for adults, but they're aiming for, like, 13-year-olds to still like them, too, too right? Mm-hmm. Spirit Untamed is very much aiming for young kids. Like, very young kids. But, like, it's not good. Like, it's not well done. <laughs> the, 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 the pacing jumps from being, like, super quick and a ton of things happening at once. And then also, like, it's slow at point. Like, it slows down to the point where, like, I guess the frenetic stuff makes sense because, you know, you want to keep those kids engaged. Yeah. But then it's, like... I'll be honest, like, there were a bunch of kids there. They laughed at, like, three, four jokes. Uh, I did hear one girl say at one point, I want to ride a horse, which I guess is kind of the audience for this. It's, like, four-year-olds who don't know how to be quiet at the movies but want to ride horses. Yeah, I yeah. I can see why this could be a big deal for them. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> but I don't, like, I kept my streak going. Besides my Trolls 2 break. So anyone, I'm not gonna run a feeder for Trolls Two, but if anyone knows a repertory screening of Trolls Two I can go to, let me know. I thought Trolls Two was better than this. I, I saw Trolls Two on Hulu. Um, gotta keep my dreamer stream up somewhere, right? Um, yeah. I thought Trolls Two was I. I thought Spirit Untamed was not. This was probably now. I'm curious. Let's see. Let's see what um what DreamWorks movies I have ranked underneath it on Letterbox because I gave it one and a half stars. Because, again, I can't really hate it too much because, like, it's not for me, right? It's not for me. Yeah. Um, so I can't be like, it's, it's garbage. All right. I have Shrek the Third at half a star. I have B-Movie at one star. And I have Home at one and a half stars with it. So, Spirit Untamed is pretty low. I also have... Kung Fu Panda, Chicken Run, and Puss in Boots rated really low, but I haven't seen those movies since I was kids, so I don't. Really oh my gosh! Ratings. Yeah, Chicken Run. I've got to. Uh, I should rewatch Chicken Run. You should. That's that's a hidden gem. It is the great escape, but done with chickens. Well, I should rewatch a lot of the early DreamWorks movies. Have you seen Have you seen The Great Escape? No. Steve Gotta McQueen. Anyways, okay. All right. I think I've done Spirit Untamed. I, I'm just still in shock that Julianne Moore and Jake Gyllenhaal were in it. And honestly, as much as I harped on that, I probably should have harped on it again. I could hear the Space Jam 2 trailer fine. I could not <laughs> hear anything in this movie without really straining my ears. Also, again, I will repeat it. I said it before. Ignoring Jake Gyllenhaal and Julianne Moore, but sticking with the actors. Who thinks that Walton Goggins being in the Spirit Untamed movie is going to make people want to go see it? Like... Walter Gungan's fan base is the total opposite of who, like, this movie. All right. Yeah. I'm done.
Done with Spirit Untamed. Next week, I think I will see something good. Maybe. You know maybe. what I'm seeing next week already. That's what I'm maybe. saying, maybe. Maybe. All right, so um, I put out a Twitter poll um, that said, which movie should Tyler watch for next week's In the Green Room episode? Um, I knew nothing about the two movies that I put up, but I knew that they had oh. been acclaimed, um, critically acclaimed. Can I, can, I, can I make one joke about the other movie you put up? Yeah. I, unless you're going to watch it later. Are you going to watch it later? I'm going to watch it next week. Oh, well, yeah. then I'll save it for next week. I'll save it. Okay. I'll save my comment. So uh, I put up Arrival, and then in parentheses, Hawkeye in Space, which I will get into kind of proving wrong. The movie proved me wrong. Um, well, this movie's inside in space. <laughs> it's not in space. Um, and then the second one was Legend, because Tom Hardy. Um, Arrival won by three votes. Also, granted, only three. There were only three votes on the poll. Arrival entirely. is a good movie. So, anyways, I watched Arrival, um, which is a 2016 film on Hulu. Um, so here's a quick synopsis: uh, Twelve alien ships have arrived across Earth, and humans have to decide how to respond to the visitors. Um, Amy Adams plays a professor um, of linguistics who is <laughs> contacted. Won the Oscar. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> she wasn't um, who even was, nominated. What the heck? <laughs> who is contacted by Forrest Whitaker to join uh, to join him and Jeremy Renner, who is a physicist, uh, to establish communication with one of the twelve recently landed UFOs. Um, I love this movie as a language nerd. I was all about it. I'm I like for the up until like the last five minutes. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is fantastic. It's not a big shoot 'em up movie. You know, it's not a Jason Statham, uh, run around and act, you know, action movie. And this movie definitely could have gone there and it definitely could have This is taken... a movie that I'm always impressed was a hit. Like and... I remember I saw it on opening weekend. I was like, this movie's yeah. great. Audiences are going to hate it. But then it made like a hundred million dollars at the box office. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a. It's a movie that everyone who saw it was like, wow, man, this is mind Like, it very much got the buzz that, like, you know, like, a Nolan movie would. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a weird sci-fi that you could still put your, wrap your head around. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still easy to follow. And, of course, Amy Adams is still a pretty popular actor. So, this type of movie led by her was like, uh, oh, yeah, sure, I'll, like, because nowadays she always does these, like, serious dramas. Doing a sci-fi drama is at least more interesting, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Plus and the trailers that, and were so good. The trailers were that's, like the imagery in this is so good. You know, the cinematography. Yeah, yeah. So like, in the this movie could have at so many times veered off and uh, plotted plotted along with uh, sci-fi trope like action tropes. Like it could have very well went a, um, aliens. You know, and they're here for world domination. Um, and it resists. Was, it resists that. And to talk can, to get very political for a second, just for a second. Yeah, this was the first movie. No, I'll, it was the second movie. I saw Moonlight after the 2016 election. Then I saw this, and I remember there was a lot of think pieces at that time that I do kind of agree with that this was a good movie to watch post 2016 election because it was it's kind of it's kind of depressing at points, but it ultimately gives you hope that things will get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I don't know. And it's more that, like, you know, it's people working together with science. Yeah. And, like, 
you know that didn't really happen in 2020 uh sorry i'll i'll, I'll we well, go back to the movie but well, like, you know they they do talk about how like this is the first time that we could get the world to actually work together on something rather exactly. than you know we're all split into our factions um so so yeah um i loved love the movie as a language nerd they get into like breaking down language and uh in in the linguistics and what like the semantics of words and i absolutely love that and i think that we need more uh more movies like that um the, I, there's a plot the thing twist. is that i feel like it's really hard to make movies about like i think this is yeah. probably the most interesting movie you can make about linguistics at least yeah. for mainstream audiences yeah that's true um though there's a plot twist in it that is so it's so good we, can we and... talk about it we should talk about it openly because i feel like it's relevant to loki that's why i want to talk that's why yeah. I actually was like you need to watch this because this is how yeah I do loki yeah as. so um essentially this five years old we can spoil it uh essentially amy adams um she it, amy adams and jeremy renner are the clo- they're the um most they are the closest to the language of the um of the visitors Septipods of the heptapods and 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 so they <laughs> they end up uh, Amy Adams ends up like uh, visiting visiting the ship and getting uh, closer to the heptapods than anybody else has ever been, and she finds out that they the heptapods are visiting Earth um, because they are sharing their knowledge of uh, time. Is it time? They're sharing their knowledge of uh, how time works with the humans it's a gift that they're wanting to give to the humans um and and then that way three thousand years from this film the humans would be able to return the favor to the heptapods and help help them out um so it's time is a flat circle yeah um (laughs) long story short (laughs) long story short yeah so uh so yeah that that's uh very very but relevant to loki it like because it exists of, outside of time. time yeah that's it, what i yeah. that's what i said is like you were like when does loki take place in the time i'm like it's an arrival thing it just takes place everywhere at once basically i didn't mm-hmm. say that i was like have you seen arrival and you're like no oh he's like oh no I, I won't say what i want to say yeah <laughs> but that's what i meant is like it takes place at all time because that's how the TVA, the TVA is the heptapods, basically. Um, or septopods, I forget what they are. You know what I mean. The aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I want you to talk about the ending of this movie, because yeah. I want to argue so, with you. <laughs> so, yeah. The romance is weird, and it feels forced, because it, the elements of the romance are introduced in the closing minutes of the film. Um, and the opening minutes of the film. Think about it the same thing i'm kidding i'm joking i'm joking don't 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 think too hard about it. i'm making a bad joke <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so the best scene in the film is when adams begins conversations with the aliens and the best moment is when adams adams realizes the terms she has to agree to for the sake of establishing communication with the aliens 
I'm However, sorry, sorry. I want to slow down a bit because this is a movie I really like. So I actually want to talk to you about it. Yeah. I think it is such a shame this movie did not win the Oscar for best original score. Yes. The score, and by the way, to be clear, the opening and the closing song of this movie, like for that montage, is not an original score. That is mm. an archive score. But I still think of the first contact scene. And how the score is so great there. And yeah. Also, it's a bummer because the um composer died young. The composer oh. of this movie's already like I think this is one of his last movies he did. I believe he passed away in 2018. Gotcha. Um, and he's he does other good scores too. He does did the score for Sicario. I really want at some point Villeneuve, who directed this and Blade Runner 2049, Johan Johan Johansson. Yeah. Um, composer did the score for Blade Runner 2049, then. They said it wasn't working, so they hired Hans Zimmer. So the Johan Johansson score exists. It's somewhere in like you know, the Warner Brothers archives. I want them. Yeah. To, I would love to hear what he did with Blade Runner because I think he's a great composer. But anyway, mm-hmm. the Arrival score should have won Best yeah. Original Score. So the most disappointing aspect of the film is how the script prevents Adams from being the proper hero in this film like for example adams is a linguistics professor who is forced to take a background role when renner the physicist makes the big language breakthroughs and this is where the script doesn't seem to understand its characters um that alone would have earned the otherwise astounding film a 4.5 out of 5 stars rating from me but wait, the wait, last wait, five wait, minutes. Wait, 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 wait! You're going too fast. I want to respond. Kind of okay. Respond. You know, if you watch Spirit Untamed, you could respond to everything I was saying there. It's a, this is your decision. Don't worry, I haven't seen Legend, so next. I am not time. spending money <laughs> on Spirit Untamed. That's very fair. Um, uh, but hey, at least you can have Felicia, so you wouldn't be awkwardly alone in the theater. <laughs> I don't think she would see it with me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, so I guess, I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I do remember that Renner basically isn't the third act of the movie at all. It's all Adams talking to that, um, what's it? Heptapod. Well, no, and the Chinese man. Uh, Uh, Shang. Chinese, yeah, Shang. I couldn't remember his name. Yep. Isn't he like the minister or something? He's the general. The general, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's so, a general of It's all Adams. Renner isn't doing anything then. I think yeah. Renner's stalling for time for Adams, if I remember right. Yeah, That's he does. All. So, like, she's still the hero. He might be the, like, making the breakthrough, but Adams is the one who is the one who's be, is the one who's able to unlock the language. Yeah. Renner it doesn't, just, just seems that a, she does. It was the moment of when Renner's like, oh, this is what this language means. And I'm kind of like, but that's not your forte. You know, like that that seemed like a moment that very I, much should have been totally an honest, Adam's moment. I haven't seen this movie since probably 2017 and I don't remember Renner doing that. So you're you're probably right. I just can't argue for or against it. I just gotcha. said that I didn't really remember that being a part of it being as big a deal, at least to me. So So we get to the last five minutes and this whole time I've been like, holy crap, I've I've not seen this movie. Like, what was I doing? This is such a good movie. Let me get to the last five minutes. And it turns out that Amy Adams 
is so familiar with the language of the heptapods that she is now understanding how they see time. And so she sees time how they see time. And she can now see into the future. And well, it's she... not really. It's it's more than that. Time exists. She can. It's not that she can. You're right. That is the way to put it. But I don't like putting it that way. Cause that's, I that's it's the way that the it's well, the way it's, that the movie presented it. it. I think it, no, no. Yeah, I think it's underselling it. It's that she can see all of her time at once, like at the same way. Like you know, like. It's not that she's like has a vision of the future. It's that right. She exists knowing what the rest of her life is going to be. Yeah. Period. Like there will be no more surprises. She cannot. She watched the the MCU on demand with the yeah, projector from Mobius. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mobius. But uh, she uh. So yeah. Anyways, so she sees that. She eventually has a little girl who dies from cancer. And then um, it's revealed that she uses this new, this newfound ability um, to see time as a whole. Uh, She uses that to save her daughter, but her husband does not approve of that and he leaves her and then it turns out that apparently her and jeremy renner who have not had any signs of romance at all up to this point that like there was no foundation and so like the last five minutes jeremy renner staring up to space and he's like all my life i've been staring at the stars and i didn't realize that my future was right here on Earth with you. And then they hug, and it flashes to the future, and it's Jeremy Renner telling Amy Adams, do you want to make a baby? And she says, yeah. And then it flashes back to present time, and that's the end of the movie. It's goofy, but can I can I defend? May I defend? You may. The All court right. recognizes. All right. So here's why I think the ending of Arrival is beautiful, and it makes me cry every time. Or Defendant, yeah. Um, so Arrival, so Arrival opens with the ending as well. Yeah. With her daughter dying, and it's framed as though it's designed to make it look like, oh, she's recovering from her daughter dying, and she's going off to be. It's supposed. It's framed like she's having a bad dream. Oh yeah, but a dream of her past. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a dream that like in. When I watched this first time, I was like, oh, her her daughter died, and now she's, like, burying herself into her work at a university, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it's revealed that she sees time as the way it is, the ending reveals that she chooses to have the baby anyway because those 16 years are still worth it with that child. The decision to still have the kid knowing that they're going to die before you are and saying that it's worth it that to me is very beautiful in its own way so yeah the line let's make a baby is cheesy but it's literally being like it's literally like let's make the baby and then she makes the decision to have the baby like that is the point but to me also the reason why it has to be renner is because nobody else in the world would believe her Cause that's why Renner leaves her because he realizes that she knew that her kid, their kid would get sick. 
and she just leave it, but but she had him anyway and runner's like how could you that's how i view it is like runner's like how could you not tell me that how like no one else in the world would ever believe amy adams can see all the time but runner yeah because she went he went for that experience with her so that's why it works for me yes the dialogue is a bit iffy but it's i, I think it's Personally, it's one of those things where I think if movies have, like, very good movies have very obvious flaws, I kind of find that endearing that, like, you know, they could, like, they could, they really didn't think the baby line was cheesy, like, you know? But, yeah, like, I, you could have just said it as, like, but that's why it has to be Do you want to that's have a child, has to but... Be the person, because otherwise, him leaving her when the child gets cancer makes, like, he's just, like, that makes no sense. It has to be the person who knows that Amy Adams could see the future. But they didn't. They didn't build that relationship. Like, but the relationship. My point is, the relationship doesn't matter. The relationship that matters is the one with the daughter that she chooses to have, and knowing that it's gonna die. It. She's gonna die. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird. It's it's a contemplate like, because in my opinion, the movie actually doesn't say like this was the right choice or it wasn't the right choice. You know. Yeah, it's up like, to uh, it's up to the viewer to decide. But to me, for me, I think it's a beautiful decision to say that you will choose sixteen years of life and then un- unimaginable heartbreak, than to never have that love at all. And that to me is why I like. I think the ending is beautiful. I love it. The Lake of Baby line is cheesy though. I will. Anyways, I it as a final cheesy. rating, I give Arrival a four out of five stars. You're a hater. Hater's gonna hate. I'm kidding. Hey, you... I still gave it four no, out no, of five. No, 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 no. I gotta, I gotta explain what I'm doing. Is um, I have a, a quick story, side story, and then I'll let you wrap up on Arrival a little bit more because I, I do want you to have the last word, even though you already gave your rating. Is uh, when Toy Story four came out, a friend of mine gave it a three point five out of five. And I was like, I, I liked it, and I was like, a three point five out of five on the Toy Story scale. That's an F. <laughs> that, 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 that's a failing grade for a toy story movie like you know like yeah i think most toy story i would say one two and three could argue all of them are like five stars if you really wanted to says say 3.5 that's an f and that's what i like with arrival is like four out of five it's an f it's a five star move no i'm kidding <laughs> i uh, it it was it was a good movie um I'm also my, my other arrival story is my mom and dad totally missed the point of the ending. They're like, it's so beautiful. She decided to have another kid. I'm like, what do you mean another kid? She, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, what? Like my parents are like, what are you talking about? That's what the ending is. And we're like, no, it's not. And then I looked at my brother and I'm like, I'm not crazy, right? And like, no, you're not crazy. That is what the end of this movie is. And oh my. Like, All right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's what my parents view was. And when I explained it to them, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, yeah. Come on, this is a yeah. sci-fi movie. It has a sci-fi ending. I, it's a good movie. I'll have to like take a year in between watches if I, just, I if I, I rewatch. Well rewatch because if you know when you know the twist going in, it's pretty. Well, funny. well, it's it's kind of like Fight Club, where have you Club. seen have you seen have Fight seen Club? The Prestige. Have you wait? No, have you seen Fight Club? No, I haven't. Have you seen the Prestige? You've I'm not seen of... Fight Club. Okay, seen hold the on. I've not seen, seen the... the. I've not seen the Prestige. And then we should just give each other the Prestige in Fight Club when we talk about the twists. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you've not seen Fight Club. The Prestige is my favorite Nolan movie. Fight Club is my favorite Brad Pitt movie. Oh, it's David Fincher. It is. It is. 
Yeah, definitely not Suicide Squad. What? Suicide. Oh, that's David Ayer. That's right. David yeah. David as soon as I, I was like, what? oh, yeah. yeah. What are you doing? Okay. Awkward. Oh, well, right. I'll cut that I'm out. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, well. Next week when we discuss. Just, we discuss Loki episode three. And apparently, and, uh, you know what movie I'm gonna talk about next week? Legend and the Spirit no. Netflix series from Am Danny. I flying to Los <laughs> Angeles to watch the Spirit Netflix series? <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. You're gonna go see Spirit Untamed in Los Angeles. I'm going to the Chinese theater <laughs> to catch it on IMAX. <laughs> yes. All right, we'll catch you in the next one.